Good afternoon. It is Thursday, October 22nd. This is Dr. Paul Wendy with Intrinsic Value Wealth Report Radio. So today we're going to talk about a subject. We had some fun with this one. Um, comes from the uh, October 20th uh, commentary for the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report that we did. And uh, the subject is how can not paying taxes be a good thing for investors and the economy? So we start by referencing uh, that the New York Times and some other publications uh, reported the uh, awesome truth that Trump paid only $750 in taxes. I'm being a little facetious, of course, um, in uh, 2016 and 2017. And Trump even acknowledged that that was probably true. Uh, and he said it was probably wasn't even taxes. It was probably just filing fees. Um, so I'm not going to comment on Trump's personal tax situation because, frankly, I don't know what his personal tax situation is. Um, but in general, I do want to comment on uh, not paying taxes. Um, and not paying taxes can actually be a very good thing, obviously, for investors, but could be a good thing for um, the economy as well. How can that be? Well, in the case of Trump, you know, he uh, he did say that he made investments in hotels and for doing that, he got tax credits. Um, now the code, the tax code is written for investors and for businesses to, uh, to do just that. Um, and the reason they do that is because <clears throat> when you build a hotel and other investment projects, um, that creates economic activity, that creates jobs and so forth. And that's, that's a good thing for the economy. And the, econ the, the tax code is written uh, to, uh, to exactly uh, do that. Um, and again, I'm not going to comment on uh, Trump's personal tax situation because I just don't know uh, what it's all about. But I do know in general that many, many investors, um, in including myself, I've, I've made investments uh, like this over the years too, where we get tax credits and tax benefits for investing in investment projects. And, and that's what the tax code is written for. That's what's good for the economy. And that's, uh, and that's what we do. So um, I, uh, I've written a paper on, or I'm in the process of writing a paper called Intrinsonomics. It's a, it's a new theory called Intrinsonomics. Um, I presented this um, last year at the uh, International Leadership Association um, and commented on that, uh, you know, at that stage of the research where we are then. I'm presenting this paper again um, uh, in a couple of weeks um, at the, uh, again, at the International Leadership Association. This time we're doing it uh, remotely. Last year we were, we were in person in Toronto. Um, this year we were planning on being in San Francisco, but of course with the, uh, the pandemic and the virus and so forth, uh, most places are still uh, having Zoom meetings and, and remote um, uh, conferences. So uh, we're doing that. This, this paper, by the way, I'm presenting is Friday, November 6th. Um, at uh, 12 15 uh, Pacific time. Um, and if you want the uh, link to, uh, to my presentation, you can uh, go to the um, Intrinsic Value Wealth Report commentary uh, for October 20th. It has the link in there. Actually, um, uh, several of the uh, um, commentaries for this last several weeks have been hanging that link as well. So, but in, in Intrinsonomics, in this paper, in this theory, um, you know, that's one of the topics that we cover. Um, you know, it's all about capitalism. It's all about having businesses as really the drivers of economic growth. And by businesses doing what's good for their shareholders, um, 
we're showing quite clearly how that actually uh, benefits the economy and everybody. Um, central theme of intrinsic economics is that labor is necessary. It's one of the one of the um, three factors of, of production. For if you want to count entrepreneurship as being a factor, uh, land, labor, and capital anyway are the three um, often talked about factors of production. So labor is one of them. Labor participates in it, and labor is necessary uh, for the economic growth to happen. But labor does not drive the economic growth. Okay, it's businesses that do. It's businesses that start it. It's businesses that keep it going and motivate it and so forth. Um, and that's what that's a large part of what intrinsic economics is all about. That's sort of a central thing. And so this idea of not paying taxes, if you're incentivizing businesses to invest, that's a good thing. We should be celebrating that, not uh, bemoaning it. So um, I kind of conclude my, uh, my article in this commentary um, on not paying taxes that, you know, everyone can become an investor like this and everyone should. Um, even just simply buying, um, you know, one or two rental properties, you get tax benefits for, for doing that and, uh, and you should. You can build wealth, you can get tax breaks for it and you can help the economy at the same time. So um, Robert Kiyosaki, by the way, who I'm sure everyone knows or has heard about, uh, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, and a very famous commentary, commentator and real estate investor, um, has a nice little video uh, that uh, he recorded on this. Uh, maybe it's a little controversial for some, but um, Robert's uh, always, uh, always fun and, and always has a good point of view, I think. Um, anyway, the link to that video is also in the commentary uh, for October uh, 20th. So um, I just want to hit a couple of highlights real quick uh, before we sign off for today. Um, uh, let's see, get the right page here. <clears throat> here we go. Uh, I think the biggest one uh, to, to comment on uh, is that the U.S. budget deficit tripled to a record $3.1 trillion for the fiscal year ended September 30th. Now I have a chart in the commentary which shows what that looks like in comparison with years going back uh, quite a number of years. Um, you know, that's pretty significant because as we've been saying now for quite some time, you know, before we started this pandemic, uh, the economy was in really great shape. It was kicking along about two to 3%. Unemployment was about three and a half percent, lowest it had been in like 50 years. Um, things were really, really doing good and probably would still be doing quite well, um, you know, but then the pandemic hit and that took a huge hit. Um, the government and the Federal Reserve and everybody else has been trying to um, stimulate the economy, uh, but that has, you know, that takes money to do that. Um, and that's caused a, a deficit, unlike probably anything we've ever seen um, in this country, at least uh, in, a, in a very, very long time. And of course, the bigger problem or as big a problem is that uh, when you get deficits like that, that adds to the national debt, which again is at record um, record highs. We went into the pandemic with record high levels of debt for the government and consumers and businesses, um, and that's only gotten worse through the pandemic. So on a long-term basis, that's very concerning for the economy. Uh, we've been making the case that um, the economy, despite the little ups and downs uh, little fluctuations that we see on a weekly and a monthly basis and so forth. Although most of them haven't been that good, but you know, there's been some, you might say encouraging signs, but on a long-term basis, uh, there's some very serious issues. Unemployment still remains high. Uh, debt is high. Federal deficit remains high. Um, economic activity 
still is, is very, very slow. Uh, gets started a little bit and then we have to close down again because the pandemic uh, surges again in another area and so forth. This is on a global basis too, by the way, with the pandemic anyway. But economies around the world have, have been generally suffering as well. So, um, so the economic, the long-term economic situation looks still very challenging. Uh, I mean, look at all of this will get better someday. I don't want to be uh, Dr. Doom here, um, but um, but it's going to be a while. It's going to take some some time. It's going to be a challenge to get through this. Um, the market amazingly remains so overvalued uh, during this, um, uh, you know, all this pandemic and bad economic news and so forth. Um, we commented a lot about that. I won't uh, go into too much more detail on that, other than to say that um, I have some research coming out that I've been been doing here the last uh, month or two on regression to the mean and uh, even a broader concept known as um, complex adaptive systems, uh, which describe markets and the economy and so forth. So more will be coming on that. I plan to write an article for one or more publications. Um, and we'll have probably more in the commentary as well. So for your personal investing situation, again, this is not the time to jump into the market in a big way. Um, I really caution you, please don't become a day trader, although many of you I know are. And, um, uh, I wish you the best of luck if you're doing that um, because the market's overvalued and they will correct at some point in time. I don't know when that's gonna happen. No one can tell you that. Um, but if you believe in regression to the mean as I do, um, and there's very compelling uh, evidence, a lot of research that supports regression to the mean, especially in the markets. Um, you, you're going to have a correction, you're going to have a reversion on this. Um, so just, you know, that's going to happen someday. Just don't be surprised when it does happen. When it's going to happen, no one can tell you. Certainly I can't. Um, but anyway, how should you invest? You know, just keep, keep a steady investment program. Don't jump in in a big way. Um, if you don't have an investment program, especially for young people, do start one. Uh, because, you know, 20 or 30 years from now, um, you're going to look back and even as overvalued as this market is, it will still look cheap in 20 or 30 years from now, relative to, to that time frame anyway. Um, so I think that's it for today. Um, good luck. Have a good week uh, this coming week and we will see you next Thursday.